Ladies and boys, girls, Mel Herbert here for your Elon Daily, part of the Talking Tesla podcast. This May 16th, uh, it's a Thursday. Uh, you know, uh, Starlink was supposed to go up. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but it didn't go up. We're going to get back to it. But first of all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there is a, an MIT review article here from May 15th, and it says Tesla's trumped solar singles are a flop. Boy, it was like, what? Tesla Trump? What? Yeah, so uh, you know how. Tesla in 2016 acquired Solar City, and part of the big news was that they're going to make these solar tiles, and they'd just be integrated into your roof, and they'd look spectacular. And they made a glass, and Elon made a big deal about it. Well, it turns out that so far it looks like these are just not working out. They're supposed to be building these in the Buffalo factory, but it sounds like most of the production in the Buffalo factory is going overseas. Tesla is not using them because it sounds like Tesla does not need them because it sounds like there is just like 26 installations of these in California, and an unknown small number in the northeast. You can't get exact numbers on this, but it sounds like flop. Now, anytime Tesla does something that doesn't work, I get a bit sad. Particularly anytime Tesla does something that's potentially good for the environment that doesn't work, I get sad. But these solar shingle things, um, there's a reason that there's really nobody else out there doing it. It's super hard to do, and people who had tried in the past said Elon is going to get a wake-up call, and it sounds like he's getting a wake-up call, and the wake-up call goes like this. When they first came out with them, I put my name down. Yes, I want those. I've got a new roof going on on one of our buildings. I want them. I waited for two years, too long, just put the old traditional solar cells on there, and then we started to get some reports of how expensive these roofs were going to be, and it turns out that, yes, over the, a period of 20 years, it's cheaper than owning um, you know, a standard sort of uh, roof. But the initial outlay was huge. It was way higher. And that sort of freaks people out. So I think, one, they're having difficulties producing them. They're having difficulties producing them at the cost that they would like. And uh, I think unless they can get the cost right down, just that initial huge amount of money that you have to bring up front, I just don't think a lot of people are going to do when they can do sort of a really cheap roof and standard solar cells, which keep going down in price all the time, and then some batteries, and it'd still be less. People care about the aesthetics of their house, but only people that are really super rich. And the rest of uh, the people out there, they're like, no, nah, you know what? I don't really care what it looks like. I'm not going to spend twice as much up front. Okay, so there was a little bit, maybe a, a lot of supposition there, because we don't really know how much these puppies are going to be. We don't really know when they are going to be sort of in volume what the cost will be. One wonders if it now it will ever get to volume. And have you been following on the interwebs, ladies and gentlemen, that Tesla's had a couple of spontaneous fires, particularly it sounds like in Hong Kong. And that's not good. But Tesla has sort of been pushing back a little bit saying, look, we're continuing to investigate these, which are trying to find the root cause. We're continually revising uh, the thermal management of Model S and Model X. Sounds like a lot of these fires, or there haven't been a lot of fires, but these fires may have occurred in Model S's that had the 40 and 60 kilowatt battery packs, and maybe uh, less so in the newer battery packs. He also, well, Tesla also noted your chance of being in a fire in a Tesla is about 10 times less than an ICE car. Now, I don't know exactly how they do their stats, and I don't exactly trust uh, Elon 100% when they do these stats, but it does appear to be significantly less than an ICE car. Just know that whenever you've got an energy-dense material, whether it's gasoline or whether it's lithium-ion, there will be some fires every now and then. Uh, that is sort of like controlled fury that we've got sitting in the car there. And they also noted, and this is where I was freaking out, like, they're going to freak out, they're going to do all this battery management stuff so that uh, there's never ever a fire, 
and that means that we're going to have to slow down the rates of charge. But they say, Tesla noted that the thermal management updates will not have any effect on the peak charge rates for the flagship sedans and SUVs. Thus, Model S and X owners could still enjoy their vehicles charging at peak rates of up to 150 kilowatts from the supercharger V2 network, which was made possible after Tesla introduced the on-route battery warm-up feature. So let me say this. I went on a road trip and I plugged in at the beautiful Madonna Inn, which has 12 supercharger stations there. No, it's one supercharger station, six bollards and 12 nozzly bits. Anyway, so I plugged in there when there was nobody there. I had a state of charge of about uh, 35% and I got 135 kilowatts, breaking my previous record of 119, smashing it, killing it. It was wonderful. It didn't stay that way for very long. It was 135 for maybe five minutes, and then it started to drop down. But even after about 10 minutes, it was still up around 120. And I didn't exactly take note of the time because I had to go poos and wheeze and get some lunch. But usually I would stop there for about 40 minutes, and I stopped there for 25 minutes. So that's a significant improvement in the charging in the Tesla at the 150 kilowatts. So that, to me, is a great improvement. The difference between 25 and 40 minutes is in 40 minutes, I'm like, well, maybe I should go get a long dinner here or a long lunch. 20 minutes, 25 minutes is let me go over there, you know, have a whiz, get a Diet Coke, walk back, and I'm basically ready to go, stretch my legs, feel good, ready for the next part of the journey. So I'd still like to see that much faster. And with V3, potentially it's going to be much faster. Getting to the point where I don't really care if I can charge my car in five minutes, but if I can get a significant amount of range in 10 or 15, that might be good enough even for me. And you all know that I'm a loser who has a problem with supercharging. Now, I said at the beginning of the show that Starlink did not go up tonight. So they were supposed to fire up 60 of these satellites. And it looks like they're going to try again tomorrow night. You know, the usual stuff, the weather issues. There was a little bit of a Q&A with Elon about these things. And here are some of the most important points. He says this is the most exciting project that he's ever worked on that they're going to put up uh, 60 of these in the Falcon 9. It's going to be their heaviest payload ever. With six launches, they're going to be operational. And with 24 launches, they'll basically have full coverage. I assume that's of the world. And you don't need 10,000 to make a huge splash, but obviously having 10,000 allows you to do fast speeds all over the world. They will. These things are going to evade debris. So there's lots of debris up there in the spacey space. And these things are going to be smart enough to try and move around it when they... They're tracking it through NORAD. And so when they know, oh, my path down the road is going to be in the path of this thing, it's going to go and move out of the way. They're going to use the money they make out of this to improve Starship and to accelerate that. That's how much cash they think they're going to make out of this. Somebody asked, well, when are these going to start connecting? Well, when this fires up about an hour after launch, they'd plan to make contact over Tasmania. I don't know what will happen uh, if they launch it tonight. That was uh, from yesterday. So they'll be able to start connecting with these puppies pretty soon. Then it means they're going to be functional, but they're going to start talking to them. Now, in terms of the receivers, it sounds like it's a flat pizza box uh, terminal, and it'll be plug and play, and you'll basically just poke it into the air, and the internals will find the satellite signal. And then you'll be able to obviously use repeaters and stuff to get it around a local area, for example. And somebody asked, well, what happens if it falls out of the sky? And he says, by the time it gets down to where the people are, it'll just be particulate matter and it won't be a big deal. So this is very exciting. This is very huge. This is very large. I think we could start seeing Starlink actually being used this year, which would be pretty cool. 
I mean, if they can sort of start using this in remote places, and that's the plan. He's like, I don't think this is going to like really affect the big cities and stuff. Mostly what we're trying to do is the remote areas because there's a tremendous amount of need there and, frankly, a tremendous amount of cash. And now let's uh, talk about the death spiral that is Tesla. So I've got an article here from Forbes, and it's written by Jim Collins. And I really don't know Jim Collins, but he's got an article here saying, look, they basically sold almost no Tesla Model 3s in April in China. And he was expecting that they would have sold a lot because in March, you know, it wasn't very good. And it looks like they sold less than 3,000 because the top 10 cars, number 10 on that list, sold over 3,000 and Tesla wasn't even in there. And he, then he goes on to say, look, Tesla has taken $20 billion worth of loans and leverage since it started. And the stock price continues to tank because people are increasingly believing that Tesla is not actually going to make it, that they cannot sell enough cars to be profitable and that we might be seeing the beginning of the end of Tesla. And again, I don't know this person and there are these people that write articles all the time about the death of Tesla. But I've got to say that it is concerning that Tesla keeps not being able to sustain a profit, that Model 3 is out there. And if the rest of the year they can't sell a ton of these in the US and a ton of these in Europe and a ton of these in China, they're in serious trouble. I think this, uh, again, is the key year. It is concerning. Maybe all of this is just explained by the fact that they just can't get the cars to China, that there's a huge demand in China, and that's why they're building a gigafactory in China. I really, the big thing, my biggest concern, my biggest, like, why did they do that is the Model 3. Why did they lead with Model 3 and not Model Y? I think if they can stay alive to Model Y, they'll be fine because the Model Y really will be a huge seller, and by then there'll be even better technologies, and theoretically the price of the batteries will go down, and full autonomy will be closer, and they'll be able to put a lot of cars onto the Tesla network. And so it always seems that Tesla's about a year away from being great, but they've taken on so much debt, I'm anxious about it. Let me tell you, I'm anxious about demand in the next few quarters and them to be able to start making a profit out of this puppy. So I get confused. I'm sometimes super excited and I think uh, this is going to be a multi-trillion dollar company. And then other times there's just that gut-wrenching feeling, maybe because I read too many things that I shouldn't be reading that are not true, that just make me anxious. But I've said since I started this podcast, what is it now, three and a half, four years ago, that there is no guarantee that this company is going to last because this is a very difficult thing that they're trying to do. Despite the fact that the cars are amazing, despite the fact that there's a genius at the head, this is a capital-intensive process. My only hope through all of these years is that if it looked like Tesla truly was going to die, that somebody like Apple with a ton of cash would come along and buy them and keep the dream real. I think long-term, if they had a lot of cash then they will make a lot of cash. But it's in these interim years that it's really tough and kind of frightening. I'm getting a little scared is all. Just saying, let's talk tomorrow. I'm a bit worried about it.